0: Welcome to Feng Shui Mastery Show.com. My name's Cathy Hargdon and I have a delightful guest with me today. And his name is Mark Obadi and he is a holistic psychologist. Hello Mark, how are you doing?
1: Excellent. Thanks for having me, Cathy.
0: Thank you. Now I believe you've written a book called Evolve, is that right?
1: That is correct. And
0: I think today, I understand correctly, we're going to be talking about vibration and invisible energy. Is that right?
1: Yeah, well, you know what, Cathy, everything's connected, and um, uh, the problem with the way we deal with physical science at the moment is everything is what you can see. Seeing is believing, and if you can't see, it kind of doesn't exist. But of course, you can't see electricity, you can't see radio waves. We know they exist because we have ways to measure them.
0: Mm. Mm. I find that really interesting because uh, in the last 20 years teaching Feng Shui, I always get the sceptics there saying, oh, well, how do you know that exists, that feeling, and, you know, you can't see it. And so it's often something that I don't have to explain, but I know just listening to yourself uh, in your own um, lectures that you have some incredible insight and details on how it actually can be recorded. Could you say a little bit about that, please? Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you know, it, it's it, w- one of the things I do is I collate. Many of the brilliant scientists work around the world, and I put it together. There is research being done on this to understand how the body interacts with the environment, and it is a, a synergetic relationship. We're not just these bags of mostly water going around the world. We are actually a, a, a membrane that that is interactive with the entire environment. Our skin is completely permeable to all. Uh, waves of information, whether they're on the electromagnetic spectrum, on the gravitational spectrum, or on some other uh, more subtle spectrum that we're yet to be aware of. Right. Even if we just even if we just stick to the one that we know about, the electromagnetic spectrum, which is basically uh, just a spectrum of light. Everything on the electromagnetic spectrum, from radio waves to gamma rays to, to um, infrared, ultraviolet, they're all photons of light. That's that's what they are, and it's the electromagnetic because it interacts with the electrical field and the magnetic field, which actually is one, uh, one field that 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 moves in opposite directions to itself.
0: So we ourselves then have electromagnetic energy within us. Is uh, oh, that right? oh, oh,
1: for sure, for sure. I mean, part of the design of the physical body means that we actually have uh, structures inside. Uh, mostly the, the collagen fibers, the helixical collagen fibers, which are uh, the most, uh, collagen is the most abundant material in all living matter. These collagen fibers, they spiral around, they're helixical, they spiral around, but also they're semiconductive. And what this means is that they become sensitive to what's known as Ampere's law. And there are two main laws of physics which which apply to the physical body in terms of the electromagnetics. Ampere's law show, says that any any signal passing through a wire creates a magnetic field, and uh, the other one is the uh, is the is the transverse Hall effect, which says that anything that is semiconductive and helixical is sensitive to magnetic and biomagnetic fields.
0: Now, interestingly, Mark, this is already starting when you start talking about helix; it starts to suggest there's a pattern there, some kind of pattern within whether it's the bone. The bone has a kind of a complex bone structure which creates a pattern um and can you say a little bit more about the patterns of of the cells or the energies that we give off or we attract
1: well uh, again most of the patterns are spiral they're helixical from the dna uh, down to the the uh, muscle fiber to the bone fiber to even the blood vessels they're all spiraling around each other they're all creating this coil and as the signals pass through the coils, whether it's the blood with the iron having the metal passing through the coil, you create this subsequent magnetic field coming out of the body. So every part of the body is actually entrained to be a communication system, uh, almost like a signal generator. Could, so, could so, this mean, so yeah? sorry
0: to interrupt. So, could this, because I'm just very um, bearing in mind that my listeners, um, they haven't got the same scientific background, perhaps, as yourself, and I certainly don't. But in terms of pra- pra- pragmatism, so could this mean that um, this communication going on, it, are we kind of then vibrating a, a message out without us knowing?
1: Well, exactly. That is that is the precise point. and it's it's actually what I open my book with, wow. that we are all like radio antennas or radio transmitters and, and In fact, it actually gets more complicated than that, Cathy, or, or, more, or more, if you like, more sexy than that. In the sense that even in the mind, there are these coils, these spirals, these, these movements of physical matter, that when signal passes through them, like think about a thought now. Let's think about a pink elephant. Hmm. Or let's think, hmm, I, I really like this guy, yeah, or hmm, I really hate this guy, whatever you think has a specific network of firing in the brain. When our scanning techniques get good enough, we'll be able to map that so that you can put a reader around the head and you'll know what the person's thinking by the specific neural pathway that's taken. Yeah. So your neural pathway's taken a specific one and that will create its own specific magnetic field mm. from the electrical movement in the body so think about this now the magnetic field comes out of the body as if the body wasn't even there it passes through the body as if it's passing through the vacuum whereas if you remember from school the electrical field passes through the path of least resistance which might be round down through a bone through here through whatever your leg but the magnetic field comes straight out VOOM! straight out of the body so here we are with the coils in our head or in our entire body, and we've got electrical signals passing through them, that creates a subsequent magnetic field that has the same information in it that your thought had. So you can read it. Now, that magnetic field passes out of your body. So if you think, hmm, I really like this person, and you're standing next to the person, they can somewhere detect your magnetic thought-imprinted signal, and they can absorb it. And, as I said before, one of the ways they absorb it is known as the transverse Hall effect, where because our body's made of spirals and they're semiconductive, makes them sensitive to magnetic fields.
0: Would so that be we're true? massive detectors and emitters okay. of fields. And so, so when someone would go into a space, whether it's a, a retailer's or a commercial building or a resident, what would they be picking up?
1: That- right. Well, well, first off, they're going to be picking up all the, all the magnetic fields in the whole space. So that includes all the humans, all the, all the life forms in there, because all life forms create this magnetic field. It includes all the life forms, but it also includes all the electrical circuitry because and the Wi-Fi and everything. All the, anything that's on the electromagnetic spectrum, they're going to be able to detect. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, we're not conscious of this because if we were conscious of every electromagnetic signal, we would just be sat in a chair in a a tripped-out state just looking at all the activity going on. We wouldn't have any Mm. ability to, to, you know, I wouldn't be able to make myself a coffee because I would be, like, just staring at this sea of ever-changing waves Mm. around me. So we need to have what what we call in psychology... Um, heuristics or rules of thumb we basically need limits so we install. we have uh, evolved to install these limits inside us so that we can function
0: what about the relationship of the electromagnetic field to the water aspect of us because I understand um, the guy Dr Emoto he's saying that water um, recalls memory it holds memory so does that also not have an effect upon on, on, on what we're actually feeling and picking up in our environments?
1: Well, for sure, the water is vital. I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of Emoto stuff, mainly because it's very unreplicable. Uh, very few people can actually replicate it. Uh, when I talk about water, I like to talk about people like Gerald Pollock. Who wrote a book, uh, Cells, Gels and the Engines of Life, and most recently his fourth phase of Water book. What Gerald has identified is that water inside the biological system can actually attain this what's known as a fourth state, and he calls it exclusion zone water. And that basically means that when water is inside a coherent, um, biological, water-loving environment, it self-orders itself. And it basically creates this what's known as an exclusion zone between it and the hydrophilic, uh, water-loving surface. So this exclusion zone actually forms this this barrier which separates uh, positive and negative ions inside the living system. So it actually offers this uh, battery-like communication system between uh, one side and the other, and now we all know about flow of electricity, or, or, or at least a little bit. Whereas if you've got a negative on one side and a positive on the other, in other words, if you've got more electrons in one place and less electrons in the other, you'll create this potential across them, a flow. That's how a battery works. That's how all electricity works. That's how signals move. So the water inside us is self-ordering in a way that allows for a, a flow of electrons and because it's got the flow of electrons it basically means information can move back and forth now the other thing that we could, that happens with this is actually when you put light into this water zone it increases it actually expands so when you shine light on the body the level of exclusion zone increases in the water now what this means is your literally your power increases the amount of raw energy you have available in your internal battery if you like increases with light
0: okay so what's the implications of that in terms of how people live in there
1: exactly I mean if you live in a cave looking at a computer screen with artificial light and no real sunlight then you're going to be zapped of your energy you're not going to be recharging I mean the whole implication is like the Superman effect you know when he, he needs to recharge and he flies up through the clouds into the sunlight and recharges in the Sun that's exactly what we do. You know, this is, this is potentially explaining how we absorb energy, power.
0: So where would colour come into this then, the rays of colour? Would that also have that kind of an impact?
1: Well, it's yet to be, it's yet to be seen, Cathy. I mean, we, we don't know the research on the colour, although colour is just a, an altering in frequency of the light. So remember, everything on the electromagnetic spectrum is, um, is, is a photon of light. It's all light, we like to think of light as just the colour stuff that we see, but mm. actually everything's light what what they found what Gerald Pollock found is that actually it's more near infrared light, which is the the one that it really expands the the uh, the spectrum, so that's just in sort of towards the red area and out of the visible spectrum into the infrared that's when that's when the body absorbs it most and actually when we look at the body that's you know most biological reactions are happening in that near-infrared section
0: so getting back to the body then are you saying yeah. that we have like a, a self-informative um, system going on within our bodies that actually can attract something that matches what is going on inside the body
1: well it, it's a difficult one there because there are there are two phenomenons that, that occur and we all know them from old wives tales but first off is opposites attract uh the other one is like attracts like yeah so we have two opposing mechanisms that are going on i think the important thing to note is that although we can like films like the secret and and, and different things like that that's that's um created this concept that we can make anything we want of the universe we can create our own reality we can empower ourselves if we so choose that's completely true however the problem is that if we look at the the old famous picture of the of the consciousness uh, of the iceberg the tip of the iceberg is our consciousness and the the, the underneath of the iceberg where most of it is is our subconscious Mm. Or are unconscious. So although we're all, our conscious mind is now having a conversation. It's going, yes, I would really like that Porsche. Or yes, I'd really like that, um, you know, hot husband and with two lovely kids and a big house on the beach. The subconscious mind is really running the show. Okay. And it's important to tune in to exactly what's going on there. Now, this is where meditation comes in. Okay. Because the subconscious is very subtle. It's not the obvious gross stuff of here, the, the mm-hmm. sounds and the the, the matter. Mm. It's almost like, you know, the analogy of the consciousness is exactly the same as the analogy of their finding of the universe. That most of the universe that they can see is not what most of the universe is. Most of the universe is this stuff they can't see called dark matter.
0: So that's quite an interesting intro also into... Um, some of the things I've mentioned on the webinar with regard to Feng Shui is like Nikola Tesla saying that, you know, what's most important is what we can't see, the invisible. You talk, relating that back to the subconscious, which actually is directing and driving a lot of us as human yeah. beings. Yeah. At the same time, what is driving us in our environments that we can't see, but we, you know, people like Einstein and Tesla are saying is actually far more powerful
1: yeah well for sure it is i mean when then when you go back to look at the actual physical body you find this split in the physical you see everything's duality kathy everything is duality uh yin and yang left and right good and bad man and woman it's all split into this into this duality and inside the body is no different you see as above so below when we look at the body we understand the universe because we're built upon the same mathematical physics principles and if you look at the the body you find that has this digital nervous system which is what most of medicine is focused on the digital nervous system in other words you've got the cell, it detects a signal, it sends an impulse and it transmits. Now the nervous system is what helps you feel a touch on your finger you know if somebody touches your hand you feel that now if someone touches your hand, squeezes it a little harder you know they're squeezing you harder but it's not because the, the, the nervous system, it's not because the actual cell that's detecting you, the, the, um, well, the, the cell that's detecting you, it's not because that is firing any harder. It can't fire harder. It can only be on or off. It's digital. One or zero. It can only fire or not fire. Mm. The reason you know someone's squeezing your hand harder is because there's more of them firing. So so just get that principle of the digital system. It's either on or off. Mm. Yeah, Digital radio. You either tune it in, it's either the radio signal or it's not. Like in the old analog radio, you know, you could kind of tune in, you could sort of be on it, sort of be off it. You could be on half a station, half another, and get both of them.
0: So is there a nervous system that we can't see on the right. outside of us that we, we are actually picking up? knowledge and information.
1: Right, so let's, so let's carry on with this with mm-hmm. this understanding. So you've got the digital system, it's on or off, that's the nervous system that you feel, that's your conscious mind. That's yep. analogous to the conscious mind, the digital system. Then you've got the analog system, which is all the collagen, remember the most abundant material in all living matter, that's Jim Oshman calls that the living matrix, uh, the collagen, the actin, the myosin, the keratin, the DNA, they all form this connective tissue of the body, and that goes into every single cell of the body. The digital system doesn't go into every cell, it's quite limited in fact, it's only just a kind of almost like a hazy outline of the body. Mm. The collagen, the actin, the myosin, the keratin, the DNA goes into every single cell and that is analog. In other words, it detects every single little tiny signal is detected by the analog system and that is our subconscious. If we became aware, if we became conscious of our of our analog system, we wouldn't be able to function for the reasons I spoke to before, mm. whereby, whereby we would just be too overloaded. So uh, in the body itself, we have this receptor cell, we have the cell membrane itself, which, which some people will remember from school, there are signal potentials, and when the signal reaches a certain threshold, that cell fires and if it doesn't reach that threshold the cell doesn't fire and it's at this location that we have this split between what's known as the neurological pathway and what Jim Oshman calls the matrix pathway or the the collagen fibers and inside the matrix pathway that's our analog system that's our unconscious system that represents the invisible world as we see out in the universe and the neurological system represents the obvious the visible the conscious the digital
0: Okay, so for example, on a pragmatic basis, if someone goes into a new space, are you suggesting that it's the analogue, the subconscious aspect of us, that is feeding in information from that environment and then transferring it or re, um, dismantling it to mean something, or it doesn't actually even meet the conscious? um levels at all
1: well i mean that depends on the person but yes exactly right it's the it's the analog system it's the it's the living matrix system that does all the detection of the subtle signals that the conscious mind won't be aware of and where does it meet the conscious mind well that is a a moving ruler depending on who you are and how much work you've done with becoming very subtle becoming still enough and again, brings us back to meditation. If you spend time in meditation, you start to have what's known as a, a joining, a, um, a, 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 a connection with the very subtle movements. And so you start to make this subconscious, this unconscious analog stuff, you start to make it more conscious. And of course, in psychology, psychological terms, we talk about different types of memory we have we're very aware that there are two different types of memory there's declarative and procedural now declarative is the stuff that you know like i went to the shops and blah 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 procedural is how to ride a bike how to play a piano how to walk all these different things and they're split the procedural is stuff that is automatic it's like Mm. When we have brain damaged patients, there's one very famous brain damaged patient that that's how psychologists study memory. His name is H M and he couldn't remember more than one minute. He had no short term memory. No, he couldn't learn anything new, mm-hmm. right? Bar some procedural stuff. And so when his wife would come into the room, he'd go, oh, it's wonderful to see. You. I've seen you. He'd hug her like, you know, cry like he hadn't seen her for years. And then she would leave the room, come back 60 seconds later, same thing happens. Um, but he was a pianist, and the most magnificent pianist, and he could still play magnificently. He could play these, these songs from memory. And, and, and that was one of the representat- representations, because his procedural memory, which lived inside the matrix, didn't get affected by the brain damage, by the massive brain damage mm. to his hippocampus, which is where all the knowing stuff happens.
0: Where so, would, so sorry.
1: Yeah. Where, where does this, where does this apply? What yeah. this applies to is actually memory is not stored just in the brain. Memory is not stored just in the brain, but stored in the body. This is why, if you have physical pain in your shoulder or in your back, you have to ask yourself, what is the information, what is the emotion, what is the thoughts, what are the thoughts, what are the emotions, what's the knowledge that's connected to that physical discomfort because it's going to have something to do with the environment
0: well getting back to this interesting thing you say about the meditation that it actually connects you to a more subtle energy therefore would it be advisable or would it be suggestible that say if people wanted to know more about where they're living and and how they relate to that space that to meditate in that space, they would get more of an idea. Um, I don't know if... Would they be able to connect with even the the memory of that space?
1: I mean, look, I I, I 100% agree with that. You see, the thing, I'm a bit of a a maverick on the whole Feng Shui and um, on Vastu side of things. I am a believer in the quantum flux of the universe. And what I mean by that is that no two things can ever be repeated, and no two things can ever occupy the same space and time as anything else. And as such, everyone's unique. Now, what that means is you can't apply a general rule of uh, a general rule to everyone. Each person's individual, and thus each person's going to interact with an environment individually. Now, that being said, obviously there are some environments. You know, the environment will have a general similar impact. If you put people in a slaughterhouse, it's going to have a general similar impact on everyone. However, each person being an individual will react differently to the environment.
0: Well, can I just interject there and say yeah. that having done lots of the feng shui over the years, what I realise is often people want to, um, they want to um by a set of rules and regulations that they believe feng shui has actually distributed when in actual fact my discovery is that i every individual in their space is reacting particularly to themselves so that what would be a remedy for one person would not be a remedy for another person. Exactly. Do you understand?
1: It, of course. It's a it's an equation and they are a unique factor in that equation.
0: Yeah. That's what I've discovered is that yeah. that that their their connection with what what the space that they find themselves in, there is no there's no stock remedies for oh do this do that, because it actually is based on the inner environment of that person and how they relate to the outer environment of which, as you said before at the beginning that there is no separation anyway yeah.
1: so we' we 're in agreement there oh, i mean sure, we've, we've yeah. both found from different different perspectives that basically every everyone's an individual, and how they interact with the environment is individual that being said, of course there are certain um, principles and generalizable rules of thumb that we have learnt over the years with Feng Shui and Vastu that um, certain environments are going to be more conducive for certain uh, ways of being. So if you want it to be productive, if you want it to mm. be constructive, if you want it to be internal, if you want it to be external, different environments will create different vibes.
0: That's right, yeah. What, what, what kind of environment would you suggest is is the most positive and productive and supportive for individuals per se despite the fact we've talked about individuality yeah um, I know myself that certain environments people blossom you know that it brings out aspects in themselves they never realized whereas others are just a spiraling downwards
1: yeah Um well, well I mean uh, you know I'm one of my masters my master's thesis was on environmental psychology. So it's actually quite a, wow. a, a, an interesting concept. And I studied light, I studied nature, I studied sound, I studied all those aspects and how they affect working life. And um, what actually seems to be the case is generally, uh, the more light you have, the more nature. The more access to to nature that you can see from your working space I mean I'm assuming we're talking about working environment rather than the home environment
0: and um, both really right? both
1: well I would say I would say both uh, both environments will abide by these yeah these 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 guidelines and that is the more actual natural light you have the better the more that you can see nature from your from your Location, the better. Water has a very uh, powerful and soothing effect on us. Uh, knowing and just seeing a body of water, whether it's flowing or still, has a beautiful, powerful effect on us. A lot of people feel that. So, really, it's all about nature. And I think the reason for this is because when we it's like everyone and the way society is based, we're all fighting for our part. It's like, am I am I fulfilling myself? Am I achieving my greatest purpose? And, you know, I'm, I am come from the school that you're doing exactly what you need to do right now. That you are perfectly online and you can't be off the line. You can't be off target. You can't be you know out of sync with your destiny Mm. you are fully in sync with your destiny every step of the way and even if you were going to even if you went under the stairs and locked yourself in a cupboard until you died that would still be in (laughs) sync with your destiny
0: but can i just ask you here i I mean i've done a lot of lectures now on because i'm working with people who are offering various programs for people to access the wealth in their life Mm. um this is what brings down a lot of people on one level is that their inability to to retain finance or wealth etc and one of the things I've noticed is that people are very eager to get the information and they think the information to go from A to Z in the road to wealth is you know you just follow that path and a lot of the people that I work with who are who are wealthy in their own right and they they've they've um, done lots of lectures around the world they said they can't understand it that they give people the information but they don't understand why one one or, just one or two really make it in terms of successful and everybody else goes to the wall and you know one of the things he was citing was that you know it appears to me he says that people have well, two things. One, you've already mentioned is that there's this subconscious going on that's giving a completely different invisible message to themselves. Mm-hmm. And two is that there's just a general blockage going on. In th- There's a blockage there. Now, I attribute that blockage to what people see around them. Often people are living in very blocked environments, but there is actually a, 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 a blockage mentally or psychologically. Can you say and think about how that relates to the vibration and yeah.
1: energy. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, first off, I wanted to, to that word wealth uh, was actually borrowed uh, from well-being health. It's nothing to do with money. It was never anything to do with money. Uh, it was to do with well-being health. And I think if we start to look at it in that way, it it, it changes the vibration of it and it changes how we look at it. Certainly. Now Now, You know, what you mentioned is a very important fact. I mean, there are people who go to these seminars, how to be a millionaire in a week, you know. Mm. And it's like, if you followed exactly what was being done, it is is an equation for making lots of money. And you can do it. However, as you say, there are these subconscious blockers. There are these self-destructive habit patterns that are self-sabotaging. And they they, and they get in the way. And people don't do the things that they know they should do to achieve the goal they're setting. And I believe that, yes, the environment is having an impact. But for me, they've created the environment to support and represent their own internal environment. So if they're living in a certain environmental setting... Whether it's a mess or dark or whatever, then that's been created on purpose to support their the limiting. Yeah. yeah, the sabotage yeah, to, to support understand. their limits. Yeah, yeah. And and they, in a way, if they change the environment, the external environment, without changing the internal environment, it will have no impact. You well, could have a feng shui expert come in and change everything. But if you're not willing to change the internal environment simultaneously, then you will just gradually return to an environment that supports your limit.
0: Well, I'd like to interject at that point. Because what I would say is that having the outside... The reason why... I've worked on people myself for their internal environment. And even though they've been instructed on making those changes internally... Once again, it comes back to they are going to have to be responsible for that. They're going to have to be responsible for making changes, whether it's patterns in their eating or their drinking, etc. What I have personally discovered is that when you get people to change what's on the outside, whether it's through colour or shape, that's somewhere along the line they happen to move the furniture, they happen to paint the walls, they happen to take responsibility for those changes, shifts something within their psychology or their mentality, or even gets them moving, whereby they are having to take responsibility for shifting something on the outside. Now, it may take a longer time to finally realise that everything that is on the outside is reflection of what's going on on the inside, so the two, the, as you said before, there is no separation. That you know, what the two are constantly communicating, whether it's by a vibrational invisible uh, measure or whether it's a, a more direct correlation, is very individual. But this is what I, I, I've discovered. I, I've worked with people who are uh, very depressed or suicidal, and. Because often the, the, the condition there is often attributed to a lack of control over one's life. The only bit of control most people have is what is around them here and now. Whether it's five lemons in the fruit bowl or two pineapples in the fruit bowl, they have the ability to take the pineapples or lemons out of the fruit bowl, leave it empty or put them back in. What I'm trying to say is that I think there's this subtle dichotomy going on interchange which actually one can influence the other for
1: sure I mean a hundred percent I have a saying which is nothing is anything without everything else yeah and basically it's it, what I what I was saying before is that unless you're making shifts on every level Definitely. you're not making shifts on any level and uh w- you know people respond differently to different things everyone's an individual and yes change as much as you can and yes the more they're involved in the actual change physically yeah. uh, the more they'll buy into it the more they'll give themselves to it and there has to be a certain commitment on their sense internally to say okay I'll move that couch okay I'll paint that wall um so for sure make the changes as many changes as you can to the environment I mean that's why I don't see I I, when I see clients now I see them psychologically I see them physiologically and then I change their environment simultaneously yeah so I'm doing all three things at once to help them shift the limiting unconscious or subconscious belief patterns that are holding them in misery
0: I totally guess it's almost like people become prisoners of who they are (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, and then they construct around them support structures because the, the prisoner, the victim in them, is a life form. It's alive, the victim.
0: Yeah.
1: The victim wants to live. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you've seen Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, but when they have that big machine at the end, they pull the plug on it, and it's like, it wants to live. And it starts pulling power from the power grid, you know, by itself. The point is, your personalities, personalities, they mm-hmm. want to live. So if you've got a negative believer in you, let's say, let's say you were you know, abused as a child, and whether it's physical, sexual, mental, it doesn't matter. And then that abuse system is in your head somewhere like, I'm not good enough. Now, that I'm not good enough victim person of you is a little life form. And it wants to live. And any time you start to remove its life support, it will fight back. Yeah, this is And this is the dance that we're in. And Mm. most people are trying to destroy that part of them. Ah, go away. I hate you. Just bugger off. But actually, the key to freeing yourself is to love and accept that part of you. Let Let the life form be heard give it a voice give it a honor it
0: okay i i get that and i think that once again it comes back to and that resonates you know for a lot of people what you've just said there that's not i don't think that's a rare format form i think it's the it's the common denominator amongst a lot of people even successful people where that little voice inside still lodges itself and most of the energy is spent on trying to drive it out or drive it down yeah. instead of acknowledging it and using it for the power that it can actually exactly. um, d- deliver to people yeah. and I see that and I've seen that myself and I-, I have actually put up structures within the environment to reflect back to me that you know this is where you're at this is how it is this is this you know p- where it's pictures or plants or anything that actually says it's it's all okay yeah how it is it's all okay does that make sense to you
1: yeah yeah you can use the environment i mean look like for example you know if if for example i have habit patterns in me we all do we're all human and this isn't about someone going oh my habit patterns are brill you get your sorted it's about honoring the individuality that you are now for example one of my habit patterns is i'm a procrastinator I will leave things to the last minute and then I will do them. Like I will I will just put everything I've got into doing it. Like when I was at university, I don't think I ever wrote an essay or a thesis without staying up all night and just just rocking it through the night and handing it in. I've always got great scores. I mean that would that's the way I work. However, in certain situations that's not helpful. So I need to create reflections in my environment to negate that yeah. avoidance that I'm doing
0: I'm quite interested that you brought up the whole thing about habits because um on another interview I did it's about patterns and habits are are patterns for sure, there have been set up within ourselves they're,
1: they're geometry
0: it's- it's a geometry that's been set up from childhood from babyhood, and whether they're known to us or not, whether they're invisible or visible, and I can see how those patterns of habit are then manifested in the environment. And I've got lots and lots of examples of it where people surround themselves with lots of either cuddly toys or boxes or mm. obstructions in the environment so they can't get, make a clear road from A to Z. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so when I go in now, I'm not looking at the person. I'm reading the environment, what yeah. they're telling me. Yeah. Um, can you say anything about that in terms of, the invisibility of the of 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 those patterns in our environment on on a different on a less physical level.
1: Well, um, again, because we're all individuals, so people hide things, and they hide them. Well, let's not hide. They encode them. They encode the information inside their body and inside their environment. Uh, their external environment and internal environment, they encode it in their own specific language, their own coding system and you have to you have to break that code, you have to interpret that code so when you go into an environment you have to in a way tune into the person whose environment it is and simultaneously almost take their decipher key that's them and, and like put yourself in their shoes Kind of, so to speak. Mm. And to and 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 from that perspective, observe the hidden habit lockers in the environment. Because if you go in looking for your hidden lockers Mm -hmm. in their environment, you'll miss their ones. Yeah. And that's this is where it's like I don't think that that most of the world of Feng Shui and and Vastu, Vastu a little bit more, has has actually come Come to terms with that. The individuals, the individual who who owns the environment, is the decipher key. Is the key to knowing where the locks are.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you in the sense that once again, coming back to this whole thing in which the way feng shui has been taught is that there is a scientific, you know, mathematical calculation going on, and there is definitely. Um, That's the 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 the, the basis of a lot of feng shui, but the more holistic aspect to it, which involves the individual in that building and the relationship of them to it, is sometimes missed, Mm -hmm. missed out. It's too complex. It's too complex. But also, if you're not a communicator, a natural communicator with people, or you haven't been around a lot of people in, who who actually manifest many different um, types of individuality, then, you know, you as I said, there's no one answer fits all. Absolutely not. And so each person you visit, um, you have to go from where they're standing in themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I would agree with your first statement as well. I don't think that the mathematical principle, I think that's perfect, the, the Feng Shui is a mathematical principle. The only problem is, is that they're not including the mathematical principle of the human. And and that's because it's a complex, quantum, uh, unique um, factor that you would have to factor in.
0: Well, I have to just inter, interrupt you there, because the mathematical qualification would be that they do take the astro- astrological analysis of that person as well yeah. and they integrate that with the mathematical astrology of the building that's so it's all very mathematically yeah but that's
1: but that's fine but, but but taking the astrology of the person is is like taking uh, a toenail it, it's 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 something but it's nothing in comparison to that to the to the complex dynamics of what we call the quantum human system
0: What's the quantum human system? Well,
1: the quantum just means the tiny. So, basically, every little signal that's going on in the, in the human system, the consciousness and the body, all the way up to the subtleness of the oneness, all the levels of the aura, all the levels of the consciousness, all the dimensions of you, are not represented in your astrology.
0: Okay, so once again, we come back to what is it that people... What, what I want to ask is, when people go into a new space, whether it's a new home or a new school, how much of that environment—the invisible patterns that have been laid down over centuries—is affecting that person's well-being or their their function in that space?
1: Again, it, you know, depends on the person. Some people are very sensitive, and they'll pick up on all the past echoes and the very subtle nature. Um, it's an impossible question to answer because how much of the environment will affect the person depends on the person um, and
0: does that depend on how in terms of mentally emotionally strong they are, or is it comes does it come back to this whole magnetic electromagnetic energy field that you were started off talking about
1: um, Yes, to both uh, however I, i'm not sure i'm not sure strong is the right word because I know strong people who are very sensitive
0: yeah
1: um okay. and, but i also know weak people who are not sensitive at all so it, it, it kind of you know people think that being strong maybe means, they're
0: wrong labels actually yeah you can't really label anyone but, but,
1: but no but they're used in society and that's why yeah. i want to pick them up because mm. you know people think oh i'm strong i'm not going to cry well I, I think that's weak mm-hmm. i think it's weak not to cry when you're emotionally distraught you know, whereas a lot of other people would think, oh, no, it's strong, good on you, don't cry, yeah. And it's like we even tell our kids as they're growing up, don't cry, That's why? Right. Let yeah. them cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let, yeah. them, let them express, let them communicate. So um, uh, definitely, you know, how the person is, but you know what, it, it's, it's all down to our dance, how we're dancing with the environment I and agree. how the environment's dancing yeah. with us.
0: Yeah. Is it, so would it be like there's a sp- special dynamic going on between that environment and you and if you get it right it's the best place for you to be
1: exactly it's all about it's what in physics we call synergetics which is um, using very tiny little bits of information to move the system to a completely new level of coherence a new level of um, of activity and, and that's where the standard physicists and the standard scientists fall down is they look at the world of the subtle information and they go, yeah, but they're only so small. Yeah, okay, there's a magnetic field, but it's tiny. How can it have any effect? Mm, mm. Right? But what they, what they miss is what quantum physics is starting to understand, is that the tiniest things can have massive impact on a system if they're the correct code, if they're the correct signal it's like it's like you know saying the right thing to somebody let's say yeah. let's say somebody's in a situation and you're trying to give them a bit of a reflection and you might just say three words now just saying those three words are going to have more of an impact than shouting at the top of your voice three other random words yeah it's you know just the volume is irrelevant it's the it's the meaning that's carried on the signal okay. that that alters the system
0: now I'd like to leave with some idea of what people can you know based on what you've been discussing here today what can people do for themselves you've already mentioned a couple of things about um, well first of all not to hide what they truly are yeah yeah I found that really quite um, good advice because I yeah. think that I I also have been on a on a meditation um path myself for 20 years and I also even though people are meditating I still get the impression that people hide from their bigness their hugeness they don't want to actually rock the boat in any way um, I don't mean shouting from the tops but there maybe there is is that you know implicit in all of us that we don't we don't really want to be who we really are we're so in- intent upon hiding and um, what would you say to the audience things that they could actually help themselves with yeah. to
1: well, you know, well first off first off it, it's really down to our society that that tries to manipulate us into being how it wants us um, I, I want to just start with saying that you, as an individual, whoever's listening to this right now, as an individual, you're the only individual. You're only you're that person that will never be repeated. Since the dawn of time, there hasn't been a you. Until the end of time, there will not be another you. You've got one job while you're here this short period of hundred years, whatever. You've got one job, and that is just to be you. And here's the here's the beautiful rub of that is that. You can't fail at being you. There's no chance to, to, to miss the boat. You're, you are the boat, so you can't miss it. So enjoy that. Be your truth. And, and with relation to what you mentioned with environments and being, being sincere, being authentic, it's like your environment will, will support you or will hide you from your truth. If you're brave enough, you'll feel your emotions, you'll honour them, and you'll honour your truth. One of the, the key advice I'd give to people in their environment is get rid of stuff
0: hmm. that
1: you that doesn't bring you joy. If you've got anything that I mean, I, I have clients who hold on to like there was one client and I went and did a house clearance with her and I was clearing her house and she and she had this little little chair from her childhood right, that her mum used to, like, like when she shouted at her and told her off, used to make her sit on it, and it was like, you know, she used to beat her and sit on it, and it was, it was creating horrible memories for her, this little chair, yeah. and it wasn't even, like, a, a nice chair, it was just a little stool, like a horrible, but, and, and I said, so, you know, tell me about that, and she goes, well, it's horrible, I, every time I look at it, I feel horrible, right, and I said, well, why are you holding it, why are you keeping it, and she goes, well, it's, it's from my childhood. And I said, yeah. well, if it doesn't bring you joy, yeah. why not let it go? Yeah. And it's the thing is that, you know, our, our human system, what it most wants in the, in the universe is to know itself. That's why we are on this spiritual quest. That's why people explore spirituality to discover who they truly are. Because the system, the human system wants to know who it is. And it doesn't care if you're a victim or a victor. It just wants to know which you are. So if you've identified yourself as a victim, as being pathetic, as being a loser, then your physical system will look for confirmation of that in the environment. And it will create an environment that supports that because it just wants to be comfortable in where it is. It wants to know itself. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to shift. It wants to just stay alive. Because remember, each manifestation of your personality has its own little life, has its own life form, and has its own desire to survive, its survival instincts.
0: I think that's excellent what you've said there, because that's why I do encourage people even to change 15 things, even kind of um, in any way, even in an archaic way, because suddenly you're shifting your perception of how, these things were ordered at one time now they 're in a totally different position, not terms of feng shui, but in terms of shifting where you focus, shifting on how you perceive things mm. because it 's that simple little exercise that makes you realize very much what you 're saying there that stop staying in a comfortable place all the time because while you 're comfortable it's only asserting the self limiting yeah um Perceptions or visions yeah. of who you think you are yeah no no
1: growth occurs in comfort yeah you know evolution is not comfortable evolution is you know no, no one's going to change when they're comfortable why would they I'm comfortable I'm not moving
0: <laughs> exact so can I just I think that's a great um I, I actually say this to people constantly that before they can um, implement any of the feng shui ideas anyway, they must let go of the clutter and the stuff they have around them um, to make way, to at least make way for some space, Not never mind well, anything uh, new
1: Only if that makes them feel uncomfortable <laughs> It's like, you know, <laughs> I take my mum for example, my mum loves to throw stuff away, she enjoys it, she yes. enjoys giving stuff away, now for me if I was to see my mum as a client, I would encourage her not to throw things away <laughs> I would encourage her to sit in the discomfort of having things there because she is sticking in the pattern of it's comfortable to throw away it's comfortable to get yeah. rid it's comfortable when that's her her way of avoiding attachment yeah, yeah. now I would say for those for, so it's it's not about just here again it's not there's no set rule no. but for most people it would be uncomfortable to let go and get rid of things so Go where you're most uncomfortable and almost do a 360 and go, what makes me feel the most uncomfortable? That's safe. Obviously, behave safely. Don't just, oh, I'm going to go into Moss Side and start shouting racist comments. That's going to make me feel really uncomfortable, <laughs> right? You don't go and do that. You, you know, do things that are safe for you and that are not hurting anyone else. But ask yourself, what makes me feel most uncomfortable? well, I'll feel really uncomfortable going to that new group that I don't know anyone in and sharing something. Well, go and do that. Oh, no, I couldn't. Really? Well, then you can't change. You can't shift. You can't evolve. Hmm. Or you can be one of the evolved and go and push it.
0: Speaking of evolve, um, where else can we find and read up about more of what you've been discussing on this interview today?
1: Well, you know, my book is is a great place to start. I mean, it's a it's fantastic Big book full of everything from the science to the spirituality to mindfulness to nutrition. And I wrote it really for a, a sort of a beginner's guide to everything. Um, you can find it on bookevolve.com. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, the book itself is called Evolve. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's a comical, live, alive, funny. It's got cartoons. It, but at the same time, it's got a real serious scientific basis to it. Um, which is in, ingrained in the thread throughout.
0: And you've got a website as well, have you, Mark?
1: Uh, yeah, markabardi.com or, as I said, bookevolve.com will come to my own website. Um, I, obviously, I, I, I teach meditation as well, so I have things on that site. Uh meditation site for me would be zenguidedmeditation.com.
0: Okay, and before we leave, one more little tip for my audience for the, to get them going into a world of waking up, what would it take to wake them up? Choice. So how do they go about doing it? You that? just
1: make the choice. You just decide in your head, I choose. It's like people are looking for the solution before they've chosen to have the solution. It's almost like they're, they're looking to believe in God only when God reveals themselves to him, For want of a, you know, for an analogy to religious things. It's like someone saying, yeah, I'll believe in God when God shows himself to me. It doesn't work like that. In the same way, it doesn't work like when you say, uh, "Okay, show me what changes to make, then I'll choose to make them." Your you, you horse before the the cart before the horse, etc. You you have to make the choice first. Like I choose, I choose to give myself to this shift, to myself, to honor myself, and then from that choice, from that internal choice, the the obviousness of what has to be done. to to resolve the stagnant nature of the environment will reveal itself.
0: Mm, I think that's a great note to actually end on. But I've really enjoyed it. I've learned lots myself just lis- listening to you. That's been great and fun. I would love to learn more. But I certainly will be going to your website and looking at your book as well. Oh, and I'm all,
1: all over YouTube as well, Kathy. I know. I've all...
0: I have looked at that. Fantastic. A, I've, got, I've, got
1: a, I've got a load of sections. I've got some meditations on YouTube people can look up. If they just know how to spell my surname, you can find me, ABADI.
0: Oh, well done, you. You <laughs>
1: pronounced it very well as well.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks very much, Mark. Very good. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Cathy, for having me. Bye.